So, uh, <sighs> so the airlines have a whole new kind of problem these days. Uh, and then this is an interesting Shucks. instance of it. Yeah, I know. Breaks my heart, too. Um, but, uh, David, what's this? This is you. You called our attention to this story about this uh, airport in Spain that yeah. has no passengers, but also uh, no place to put air, no, any more airplanes. Yeah, the no no parking sign went up uh, sometime at, some time ago at Torrell Airport in Aragon in eastern Spain, uh, and for a while recently, it topped the list of Spain's busiest airport. And if you look at the photograph at the link uh you, you should quickly discern why uh it's turned into a a parking lot on par with uh, uh mojave and a couple other places in the southwest that are used as uh, aircraft storage yeah yeah, of course. Mojave is for airplanes that are that are ostensibly retired. These are just airplanes that are parked and uh, you know waiting to go back into service. It kind of begs the whole question of where I don't know. It makes me think that there are a lot more airplanes in the in, under normal times. There's a lot more airplanes in the sky than we maybe ever realized. Um, and now that they're not, now that we can't store them in flight. You know, we got to put them because you would think that they would be. You know, yeah. they've got to park someplace overnight, yeah. but apparently not. They, you know, um, they always had to park someplace overnight. Is my point. Well, uh, they always had to park someplace overnight, but they had gates to do that at. And a, b, even overnight, there's still some of them in operation. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, and I see what you're saying, Jeb. That that uh, even though things are down, they have to keep the gates open. They can't use the gates as parking places. Right. Because they are, you know, not as much, but they are using the gates. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd forgotten about that. You're right. All right. So, um, yeah, we see this. We're seeing these kinds of images all over the place with uh, airliners. Uh, um, you know, active airline aircraft. Um, active. I don't know how to put this exactly. <laughs> What's the right term? Um, the, but the point is, they're not retired aircraft. They're just aircraft right. that aren't needed right now. And, right. They're in uh, short-term storage. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how's which is that getting work? which is getting longer and longer. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it depends. I mean, um, I saw somewhere where I don't know which carrier it was. Maybe it's just you know a general rule for for uh, those types of airplanes. But uh, they had. Uh, mechanics or at least technicians um, periodically going out and powering things up and and maybe even starting the engines cycling the hydraulic system Mm -hmm. things like that just on a on a regular basis calling it flyable storage or something and that's certainly you know one way to do it another way to do it would be to just seal the sucker up and leave it there um until however you know, for how, however long right. and you have a laundry list of things to then go through uh when you want to, to uh take it out of storage well it's certainly going to have a laundry list one way or the other it, well it, it depends gonna, you know, you know. It dep- a it depends on the airplane b it depends on how it's stored right exactly and uh um it's in. Yep, sorry, I keep drifting away from the microphone. Yeah, uh, you, you keep on us sorry, about that. I was that. reaching I was... for my bottle of water. <laughs> so, uh, um, it's an interesting question. I, I wonder if they already had procedures for such a thing, or if they're trying to design, do, you know, write these procedures. I think the quick answer is yes. Yeah, they had procedures, and yeah. they needed to write new ones. Yeah, they, uh, they you know, they have checklists. They have uh, all kinds of of. Uh, maintenance requirements, powering the airplane up, powering it down, whatever, 
Um, but I think they've also had to rewrite some of that. And yeah. Again, depending on the aircraft and depending on the carrier, um, have to rewrite some of their procedures to consider this longer, longer term flyable storage. Yeah, the, uh, and the long term storage, like we, uh, uh, like the Davis Monster Air Force so, Base thing, yeah. yeah, so many years. See, yeah, they they've got a big long list of what they do. Yeah, uh, I mean, they mask over all the air inlets, uh, all the heat exchangers, uh, tape over the wind, uh, put the protection over the windows so that the uh, uh, transparencies don't suffer from sandblasting when the wind comes whipping through the airport and picks up debris uh, uh, pickle the engines uh, put tight covers on the uh, inlet and, and exhaust into the uh, turbines right. uh, block up those heat exchangers uh, it, it, it's it's a substantial undertaking mm-hmm. to, to mothball an airplane for a, a long period of time. But how long these a period? Are probably, these so, are probably not anywhere near that because right. they're subject to getting back into fleet as soon as the traffic supports it. And that's the reason they're there. It's a shutdown of flying and international travel from COVID-19 has knocked traffic in the dirt. I mean, Air France has 180 airplanes in storage out of a fleet of 224. Holy crap, that's only 44 airplanes that they're still operating with. Yeah. Well, all these things are crazy. And uh, although I, I'm seeing seeing stories like yeah, this is not really an airline podcast, but uh, this is all we've got to talk about. No, that's not true. Um, the, some of the airlines are getting are developing what I consider to be a bad attitude. About, uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so uh, they're, like, they're, like you're just figuring this out now. They're rankling. Well, yeah, that's true. I've I you know I quite frankly I truly hope that this will be the turning point. I mean, I've talked about this over the years about how I I was looking for to the day when I would never ever again fly in an airplane when I couldn't see out the front window uh-huh. um, and uh, and I'm kind of thinking that this will be the turning point that uh, may well be that I, I except for maybe in some sort of very extreme case where I absolutely have to be cross you know transcon in a day um, that uh, I may never fly the airlines again I I, I will not not look back in any sadness um, uh, well yeah I, I, I won't either I I uh It'll be a while, and, and we've talked about what has to happen before uh, I get back on an airliner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I, the thing—the thing that I, I'm wrestling with a lot of this is uh, they. Keep, I, I keep seeing these stories about how they're doing all of this deep cleaning of the cabin, right. both between flights and then even deeper on overnights and, mm-hmm. and things like that when the airplane's on the ground. And I think two or three things. One, maybe they should have been doing this kind of thing all along. Well, maybe. Yeah, okay. Okay. Two, um, we're, we're the longer we go through this, uh, pandemic, the more we're starting to learn, and of course we have a long, long way to go about uh, our knowledge, but one of the things that we are learning is that transmission of the virus via touching a surface is exceedingly rare, and and transmitting the virus um, by people being in close proximity in a closed space is exceedingly common. Yes. 
Yeah, I, and I, I agree with that. I, I wouldn't put them go to those extremes of it describing it because I don't think that t- contact is rare, but it is less rare. Well, less- it, I, I'm seeing. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. And, and again, everything's uh, unverified and still preliminary and all that. But clearly, um, touching a sur- touching a contaminated surface is not nearly as common a transmission method yeah. as airborne. I think that's are. one of the things, the big things that took everybody by surprise here. Yes. Uh, now, now we've become a virology podcast. Well, um, yes, we have. We have. Yeah. Um, but uh, the airborne aspect of this took everybody by surprise. Um, and uh, because remember, you'll, re- you'll recall, and I was one of the ones um, singing the song in the early days, um, masks should be saved for people who were in a very, very clear cut exposed situation. You know, I, um, I keep seeing people talking about how that was the initial guidance and i don't remember that at all i remember if you've got a mask wear it and you know there were a lot of of homemade masks that roll your own masks that were that yeah. were advertised at some you know is, here's how to make a mask out of a t-shirt or something right. and there was a lot of that and it yeah. was more a matter of yeah the the we need the ppe for the for the healthcare professionals um so you know don't use up don't use them frivolously frivolously etc but no one's ever said don't wear a mask to me oh no yeah that i agree with that that is i i agree with that um one aspect of this that's that's tripping us up i think um is that the very earliest days of the pandemic like the first couple weeks yeah um at the time, those couple weeks seemed like a lifetime, thinking yeah. back on them, all right? You know, and now it's kind of, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say quaint, because that, I'll say quaint jokingly, although I don't want to be unserious about this, because it's a serious matter. But, uh, um, you know, back in the early days when we were getting used to this, it just seemed like, you know, this is really going to last for two and a half, three months? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And now, surprise, now I'm, surprise. I'm, I'm hunkered down now for the first of the year. That's my expectation. Yeah. You know, at, yeah. le- at least. I mean, that's just sort of everything in my life now is yeah. planned around making it to the first of the year. Um, and then we'll see what happens after that. Anyways, the airlines are having troubles. And, and, and to make it all worse, they can't find enough places to uh, park their airplanes. Um, and uh, so, okay. Well, there's there there's a GA hook on this whole thing about uh, cleansing and decontaminating aircraft. Uh, yes, yeah. there is. Yes, absolutely. It's a charter. The charters businesses have gone to great lengths to uh, develop systems and and practices for their fleets, uh, so that they can get clean between clients, uh, deep cleaned overnight. Some of them have even adopted some of the uh, technologies that use uh, air circulation coupled with infrared light, uh, and will. Where are you gonna put? The, where, where do you put the infrared light? I think they put it uh, in front of the heat exchangers, and they circulate air. So they infrared the air as it's being circulated. Yeah, yeah. I suppose maybe I don't know. I don't know how effective I've, I've infrared is. So I've seen a couple of devices. Uh, I'm sorry. Sketched out how they work. They put them in the uh, environmental. Uh, right. If only line. if only we could just put that inside the body. I know. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. Um, did I think I said infrared? Did you say infrared? Because we really mean ultraviolet. Ultra, ultraviolet. Or, yeah, ultraviolet. Yeah, I don't, yeah, sorry. Yeah. One of the two extremes. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's one of those. It's red, violet. Yeah. There's, you know, it's a color. Infrared um, lets you see in the dark. Uh, ultraviolet kills viruses. And, and makes cool, cool 60s-era posters. 
Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, airplanes are having a hard time finding places to park, and uh, and that's that's kind of interesting. What's this other thing here about? Let's see now. The helicopter didn't have the dead stick landing, right? The the airplane. Well, no, the airplane lost its propeller. Okay, is that, is that what I read? I, yeah, I that's I don't right. Know. And let's see if I dare watch the video. Is dead stick landing captured by news chopper. Uh, that was meant to infer somebody in the news chopper videotaped the final, I don't know, 15 seconds of this guy's uh, uh, forced landing after the uh, prop came off of his uh, home built. And with no drag from the prop and the engine stopped, it... Uh, it, oh, it, it I see. What, a long way. I remember seeing this when it happened. I did not realize the airplane did not have a propeller. That that's why it was um, out of control or why it was crashing. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. I that, got through the ad, so now I can actually watch the video here. All right. Well, the video begins with a thing crashing on the ground. Well, did I miss some part of it? Or well, you should see the landing. There's there's video of the attempted landing. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's wherever it gets to here. There we go. Good. And the guys, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like, woo. Um, Come on. We have the stand up announcer person here. Yes. Um, you can finish because I, I can't hear what she's saying because I got the audio turned off. But here, okay, here we go. Uh, woof. Well, that was it, interesting. It, it looks, I can't tell what kind of airplane. It looks, it's either a Swift or maybe a, a single tail air coupe. It's a Thatcher. A Thatcher. Thatcher. Huh. Okay. Now I see him on a runway. Uh, what the? What's that picture? It's 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 called editing videotape. No, no, no. But I mean, first we saw him crashing onto. What the heck? I should be listening to the audio here. I probably. Yeah. Oh, I see what I'm seeing now. I get it. Okay. He overran the end of the runway uh, and ended up in the gravel uh, uh, off field. Okay, I get it. Yeah. He well, didn't have. He, he didn't have any drag from the a propeller dead yeah. prop. Yeah. To slow him down. Um, if the prop had been windmilling, he would have touched down way back up the runway. Yeah. Uh, but with no drag out there and no thrust, uh, it became a sailplane. And that's a Thatcher CX-4. Uh, CX-4. What did you do? Google your number? Sorry? Never mind. Yeah. So, anyways, th- yeah. this is apparently the pilot that I'm not hearing talk now. And uh, <laughs> so, one of the yeah, okay, because they're oh, this is just yummy. They're showing his injuries now. Okay, I think I'm done with this. Uh, see now, is there anything? Um, and then they've got him in the uh, in the ditch afterwards. Uh, and That's a shame. Plane out and uh, um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I mean. He got on the ground, I guess. He said he lived. So that's a good thing. What I'm trying to find in this story here, there was one image of the airplane. Come on, where is it? I saw it just a second ago. Um, oh, long sorry. story short, there's a still picture of the guy standing in front of this airplane, um, probably you know before, like a, his his beauty shot of the airplane, and it seems to show uh, something air brake like underneath the fuselage. Um, Hang on, where did that picture go? Okay, now Jeff. I'll bet you he'll next time. I'll bet you he'll safety wire that prop better. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there is a link that should take you to the picture that I'm talking about here. And uh, okay, okay. 
Yeah, it's got some like something like a speed break down there. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, see what I'm does. talking about? Yeah. 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 So, sure anyways, I don't know. Um, listeners, I'll, I'll I'll put this this uh, uh, screen cap picture uh, somehow available in the show notes. Um, who knows? It may end up being the. Uh, it could well have be. No, no, it's not. I don't see it deployed in the video. No. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was it looked like it was stowed. That's what made me think it was a radiator. And yeah. it's not a Rotax. It's got dual exhaust. Dual so exhaust. I'm, I'm betting a Continental. Yeah, could be. Okay. Could be an O two hundred. So anyways. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, well, I mean, nice work. He got, he got on the ground safely. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't pretty, but it worked. And, uh, um, you know, good job. There we go. Yeah. And uh, it, it doesn't look like it totaled the airplane. It's going to, it's going to need some new outboard wing sections. And oh, you don't think that it gets so bang- spar. You don't think that the spar and the frame got so torqued around that they'll never... I, I That thing dragged both wingtips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it uh, been them both up outboard of the end of the main spar. Yeah. You know, the only thing... Is that a home-built or a plans-built? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I'd... I, I've it, never seen a kit for the Thatcher CX4. So. Okay. So the only thing he'll have going for him is that maybe he built it so he'll know how to fix it. You know. Yeah. But, uh, if he built it and he's got a repairman certificate, he can fix it. Yeah. So anyways, in fact, he can fix it even if he didn't build it. But the, then he'd need an, a, a sign off by a, yeah an so. actual maintenance guy. Anyways, congratulations, David. David Reser, Reser is the gentleman's name, the pilot's name, and uh, um, and uh, you know, any landing you can walk away from. That's right. Yep, absolutely. So nice job. And where again? This was Upland, California. I should know. I wonder where Upland, California is. I bet that's in the northern part of the state, (laughs) or the eastern, where all the hills are. I just crack uh, myself up. I know you do. So somebody's <laughs> got to laugh at your jokes, Jeb. Um, David, how you doing? What's going on? What have you been up to? Work, 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 work. Yeah. I uh, got my electronic copy of Avionics News uh, yesterday and was uh, tickled to see. I got a couple of stories in the uh, July issue. Uh, one that might be of interest to folks is uh, Avionics for uh, experimental aircraft, stuff that's available and more affordable than it used to be, and why that's so. So that's kept me busy, and right now I'm cranking away on five stories that I need to finish for avionics news, uh, av buyer and a private client and no rest for the wicked. Well, I'm really so sorry that all these canceled events have resulted in you not having any assignments. I, uh, well, <laughs> that's, I listen, that, that's what you said in the last couple episodes. You were like, well, oh, poor me. There's no events. I don't get any new jobs. You're keeping plenty busy, David. Good for you. you know, oh, huh. the, the, those are my baseline jobs. Yeah, I mean, okay. You know, that's, the, the, most of those I had signed up uh, back in October for the full year 2020. Uh, where I get the uh, where, where I get the really useful uh, bigger money is mining Sun and Fun, mm-hmm. mining Oshkosh and NBAA for feature stories. Uh, anywhere from three to five stories per event when I do those because I stopped 
covering those events for anybody. Uh, too much work, too little money. Uh, this way, if I can bring back three features, uh, that's... That, that's a useful chunk of change. If I can bring back five, even better. Uh, and looking at my bookings from these shows in 2019, with the cancellation yesterday of NBAA, this is going to whack me a total of 14 projects that I would have that I had last year that the opportunity didn't yeah, come well, for this year. You know, so, it's. It's but I'm working on I'm working on uh, developing some other features and sold one of them yesterday. So uh, onward and upward. Yeah, cool. Very good. Very good. Uh, life in in Wichita is okay. Is it been hot? Uh, well, crazy we weather is kind of skirting past your area. Every time I see weird weather down there, Wichita area is sort of at the edge of it. Um, but uh, I saw a story the other day that said that this was the quietest tornado season in like years and years and years and years. Do you, uh, it really has been. Uh, we've had uh, we've had a fair amount of moisture, uh, but those were just wet storms with a lot of sound and light and and nothing really disruptive or dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's subject to change. Uh, yeah. And. Uh, we hit 100 degrees uh, three times so far in the last week. Uh, so summer's definitely moving in. We won't hit that today. Uh, yeah. And we're on the brink of – we're heading back toward getting shut down. Because yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Uh, increase in infections, the increase in positive tests uh, – uh, the governor issued an order uh, last Friday, I think it was, that starting tomorrow, we're supposed to all wear masks in public spaces. Uh, and you can get ticketed for it, but you're not going to get arrested. Uh, originally, violating those kind of orders in Kansas was would subject you to possible jail time. But the state legislature got its back up over that idea. And... Uh, changed the law and the governor signed the change and so it's a, a little less risky to go with it ignore the order now than it was a few weeks ago uh what i don't understand is the automatic reaction to well this is just depriving me of my freedom uh, uh what your freedom to infect somebody else your freedom to get infected uh, i mean what exactly is it about wearing a mask that uh, has deprives you of anything except us being able to see all of your face? And in some cases, that's a good thing. We we regret that, and in other <laughs> cases, we couldn't be happier. Um. Yeah i I was in the grocery store yesterday, and. Uh, most everybody has a clue and and uh, uh, is, is paying attention and and taking things seriously, and there are some people uh, who just walking around, um, no mask, no nothing, like they got a, don't have a care in the world, and and it just some of that just scares the crap out of me. Um, but well, in Florida's uh, Florida's well, rebound is yeah, one of the reasons why exactly. NBAA canceled yesterday. Yeah. And if you look at international travel restrictions, uh, oh yeah, 
uh, most of the rest of the world is not interested in having flights from the United States right now. Well, uh, you know, we, we're going to we're going to talk about NBA here. We were going to talk about NBA here in a in a few minutes, but we're going to talk about it right now. And given the the international scope of that show. Uh, where you, I mean, just think. I'm just thinking Dassault and Airbus, just off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, even if they came over here for this show, and we're here a week, ten days, whatever, it's not clear to me they could get back. That, that's true, uh, and they may be able to get back, but then would be subject to a fort uh-huh. quarantine uh-huh. Uh, right off the bat. Uh, our uh, our reaction, our yeah. reaction to it is not matched what some of the other countries that we're friends with have yeah. done, yeah. and we're paying for it. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm back. I was actually gone. You probably, I, I was muted. I actually. <laughs> Did you guys, I, 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 did you guys you feel did, time well while I was gone? Yeah, we did. We did. We Someone actually it. knocked at my door. Uh, I'm, I got my new toy. Uh, this is, we're going to scream yet another them? non-avigation subject here. You didn't uh, shoot them? No, no, no. They were bringing my... Uh, I, 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 I bought a uh, 3D printer. That's how desperate uh, I am. And, uh, and it finally arrived. It just arrived in front of me. All right. Okay. I've, aviation podcast. I've got, a long, I got a long list of things for you to make I, for no, me. We'll talk. I may actually help you out with that. Uh, aviation podcast. Podcast, aviation podcast. Here we go. Yeah. Um, now you guys kind of talked about this. So uh, for years now, we've had a feature called uh, Off Field Landing of the Week. Um, lately, we've actually been inadvertently developing a new feature, which I'll call the uh, uh, Aviation Event Cancellation of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, while I was away picking up my package, you didn't talk about Reno, did you? Reno. We did not get to Reno yet. No. Yeah. No. So uh, the latest the latest announcement um, is that the Reno air races um have canceled 2020 yeah um i'm not terribly surprised as i said i'm expecting first of the year so uh um, yeah first of the year is really the first opportunity the only the only event show of which we're aware right now that is going to continue as at least as scheduled if not without some some um mitigations is the deland um, sport aircraft showcase yeah. they certainly are going to try uh, yeah. i and i give them a lot of credit they're they're they're, they're trying yeah. yeah they're putting some real serious uh, distancing plans and sanitation plans in place whether that's going to be sufficient is going to be a question well and, and whether you know that's florida not late october or whatever but um what florida will look like by then is anyone's guess yeah right exactly so uh, time will tell they're 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 they certainly are planning an event you know for the era you know right. um, they're not just planning on doing the event as planned they they've they're already talking about all kinds of sanitation plans yeah. and distancing plans and you know making it basically an outdoor event um yeah, assuming it doesn't rain and, yeah. uh, but but we didn't we didn't really fill out our conversation on nbaa either yesterday yeah, uh, we're, 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 yeah we're recording this on july 2 yesterday uh, july 1 nba made the formal announcement that it was canceling its show this year in, in orlando NBA being the national Bay business Bay aviation Bay association association Okay, you guys talked on top of each other. Jeff, you tell us what it means. National Business Aviation Association. Thank you. A lot of our listeners know that. We've uh, talked about that show a lot over the years. We actually have broadcast from that show. I didn't attend, but Uh you guys, back in the early days. We've done that, um, yeah. It's it's basically the largest indoor uh, trade show of its kind, Mm -hmm. uh, aviation trade show. And uh, being an indoor event, 
Um, you know, they have outdoor, obviously, exhibits. They have static displays, things like that. Uh, also, is in conjunction with the show, but being primarily an indoor show um, is just not conducive. Right. Well, and yeah. the, uh, the, the multiple factors came into play. If you look at the, the last six or eight weeks, uh, Florida reopened. Their infection rate started to go up. You're going to bring 28,000 to 30,000 people into the Orange County Convention Center. That's a million square feet, but there ain't a million square feet of social distancing space there after you fill it up with the exhibits of usually about 1,000 vendors. Well, they didn't have 1,000 vendors signed up this year between outfits like Textron Aviation pulling out at the beginning of the year for all their shows scheduled. they were only up to 500 and some odd vendors signed up for this show. In the meantime, the infection rate's gone up. In the meantime, some of the international clients, as Jeb alluded to uh, uh, earlier, uh, they can't come here and then go back. Yeah. And that's you know Airbus, that's Pilatus, uh, that's uh, Dassault. Uh, one of the engine companies uh there's quite a lineup there uh pilatus always brings over a very fancy paint job on a, a pc12 or now pc24 that's comes out of their uh, uh completion center in uh in colorado but the airplane's still built in europe and you got to get it over here and then you got to get your right. people back so right. uh the expectations among some of my running contacts on this was that we would get to the first week of July before NBAA would make a call and that they would make the call the first week of July and we were we were gratified to see that our expectations our gut feelings played out because it wasn't very long into July 1 when they punched the button and sent the release out and then followed up with a letter from Ed Bolin, as president and CEO. Uh, not this year. Yeah, and not this year. Th- this is the year that wasn't. Now, we talked about DeLand, another organization that's uh, – the Sun and Fun thing. Th- this is a face-to-face, in-person gathering, right, that they're trying to do at the museum? It's it's socially distanced. Yeah. It is on site, but it's. I, I someone said you you know um, camp in your airplane or, or camp in your car or or, or whatever it was. I, I haven't really peeled the onion here. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, for the first time ever, we this is from their website. We are inviting you to camp under our aircraft while enjoying a night of socially distanced events. Um, planned activities are tent camping in front of the museum next to your favorite aircraft, uh, full hookup camping available, timed family entry into the uh, Florida Air Museum, um, after dark star walk, um, midnight flashlight tour. So but it's largely outdoors. Um, that's that's a, a good thing. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently very limited access into the museum. And uh, I, I guess this could this is certainly the shape of events in as we transition back into events, whether it's too soon is another question. Yeah, because it's scheduled for like late July. It's like the twenty fourth, I think. Well, and and again, it's in Florida and Polk County, where Lakeland is located, hasn't been um, 
hasn't been the most uh, serious about dealing with the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, as last I heard, some of our uh, Sun and Fun friends, um, some of our Sun and Fun radio friends, are still camping um, down there at the uh, um, in the campground. So uh, I don't know. I wonder if they're still there or not. But uh, we get a well, report on this whole thing. We need to get also. We also need to get a report on on whether there's still going to be a contingent go to Oshkosh this year. Yeah, I hope. Well, okay, another story altogether. Another story um, altogether. Let's see now. Uh, parked. Speaking of parked airplanes, um, d- d- you know, didn't Boeing used to have an airplane called like the uh, what was it called, seven thirty seven Max or something like that? <laughs> that's that's the one thing I was thinking about when we were on that topic. Of of, you know, that's kind of the 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 board leader right now for uh, uh, length of time having been parked. Uh, uh, yeah, and so, they're just this week now starting to do flight testing. Yeah, I saw that. That's uh, so uh, to get the, uh, to get it signed back off. Yeah, apparently they did that, right? They've actually done some flights. They, uh, I think they started Monday, and um, they flew three days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's a, it's you know, seven thirty seven Max is a ground groundbreaking airplane in so many different ways. It's, <laughs> it's, it's already got its pandemic parking places, you know. And uh, I don't we know, were here so. first. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was reading some of the Twitter traffic on this, and there's a lot of people are saying, I'm still never flying in that airplane ever again. I, well, I can't say as I blame them. It's certainly got a bad feeling to it. It's like, well, how do we know? You know, you were pretty casual the first time. Are you going to be? How do I know you're not casual this time? I don't know. Yeah. That's what well, people are saying. I, you know, I, I think it's not going to matter that much in the short term because it, there's still not going to be much demand for airline travel. Uh, agreed. Yeah. And uh, carriers are going to, unless, you know, they're just really hard up and need to re- to revive their maxes that have been parked, carriers are going to continue in operation the, the equipment they've, they've been operating with the crews that have been operating them um, so they don't have to re- get retrained on, on a type that's been out of use for more than a year. Well, um, yeah, but the MAX pilots are going to have to get retrained anyways because they were trained on 737s and this one's not. Well, it, personal it, opinion it depends. I mean, what part of the problem here is that Boeing was trying to minimize training costs uh, exactly, in yeah. the transition from yeah. the, um, the NGs or whatever, the advanced or whatever they're called, uh, to the MAXs. And it, oh, that, that bit them. So, right. Um, all of the pilots they were who were initially trained on the maxes, which probably isn't really a, a different type rating um, than than some previous models, um, still have to get. They still have to start all over again. Yeah. Because they've been all. It's been fifteen months. They've all. They're all timed out, yeah. and that that presumes that they even get online in within the next couple of months. Right. Probably going to be a year and a half before uh, any of these return to line service. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when in we the thought meantime, the they yeah, have they in the meantime they have a boatload of max fuselages in storage. Uh that fuselage is built in and it's tired in its entirety here in Wichita at right. Spirit Aerosystems and shipped by rail up to Renton where the airplane undergoes final assembly. But they're not still building but, them now, are they? They've stopped a while they, ago. They right? have stopped. They stopped a while ago, but they've got. They didn't stop producing all the seven thirty sevens, just the Max variants. Right. 
So there's still 737 fuselages getting shipped out. Uh, and you can't tell when they're on the railroad car exactly which model it's supposed to be. I mean, some of them are shorter than others, and that makes it easy. But they have enough production uh, in storage to start the lineup and be running new Maxes out the door at Renton uh, as, as quickly as they can bring people back. And that's going to mean a little while longer before the people that uh, have been laid off because of this lack yeah. of production are going to see their jobs coming back. Yeah. Ultimately, I think what we should do is is get one of those fuselages and cut a deal with Lining Kugel. <laughs> to make some Max beer. <laughs> and we'll just cut up the fuselages for the cans. Okay. I don't know. You think that green paint is going to, like, make them uh, toxic? Uh, well, uh, if we, uh, give me a sandblaster. I'll fix all that. Okay. Okay. And if we're lucky, the green paint is also antiviral. See, so... It'll, hey, double whammy. There you go. There you well, go. When, when it was still open, Aeroplanes Brewing here used to advertise... That it made craft beer wrapped in aircraft grade aluminum. Yeah, so there you go. All right, there you go. There you, there go. you go. Jeb, what are you doing? What's going on? What have you been up to? I'm basking. Um, basking. Yeah, I'm basking. Just put together. Where are we here? Oh, that's right. It's the first put, yeah, of the month. First of the you month. Are basking. Yeah. Put to bed the um, August. My God, we're already on August. Uh, August issue of, of uh, Aviation Safety. Um, uh, wrestled it. Finally, you know, wrestled it into submission and pushed it across the finish line. And you know, all the uh, other euphemisms. Um, got a an interesting article here on tail strikes for tricycle gear airplanes. Um, how to fly defensively in the in the in route environment, and um, what declaring an emergency actually does well relative to your mindset when when dealing with a problem. Hmm. Um, okay, there have been some some instances recently where. Yeah, okay, the engine quit. Gee, what am I going to do now? And and some planes end up in the weeds where they were well within range of a suitable runway if only they had taken some decisive action, if only the pilots had taken some decisive action. Mm -hmm. So talking about trying to get into that mindset and what that means and what declaring an emergency should trigger mm -hmm. in, in the pilot's head. So there's that. Yes, and, uh, you know, some other odds and ends and, and – uh, um, all kinds of good stuff, and, and that's in the August issue of Aviation Safety. Other than that, uh, I'm kind of licking my wounds. Um, uh, was out on the lawnmower earlier this morning, and uh, um, looking for uh, um, some. Right now, it's been kind of dry here in Florida. Mm -hmm. Actually, I hear David talking about heat and rain. It's not been nearly as hot here. Um, it's been hot, but it's not been hundred degrees hot. Mm -hmm. uh, and we haven't had quite the rain, amount of rain that we normally get, I think, this time of year. But, you know, the summer's still young, so we'll see what happens next. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. Summertime, Didn't I hear, I don't know if we talked about. Some summertime. Some, 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 some. 
Jeb, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but didn't I hear that you had a happy event in your backyard uh, at some time recently? That uh, uh, that that there's a uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to put this in a funny uh, way. Uh, how, how should I put? This? You've been you've been swiping my the video from my cameras. Uh, no, no. Why? What? what no, did you have video uh, go, of this? No, 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 no. What are you talking no, no. about? I I heard a rumor that uh, that your your resident alligators. Uh, have, oh yeah. Are, are now raising a family in your backyard. Yes. So it's been a month or so ago at least. And uh, one afternoon I'm, I'm mowing the yard and have to get kind of close to the, to the edge of the lake. You're supposed to say pond at this point. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, get kind of close to the lake and, and, trained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I'm looking, you know, I'm watching the water. I'm watching where I'm pointing the lawnmower and all this kind of thing. And I see these, this movement in the water and I kind of slow down and stop and I look and there's about, a, there's, I saw four total, about foot long alligators, uh, with the green, yellow stripes and the whole thing and, you know, fresh out of the egg kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And then I kept on going. I said, wait a second. That means there's a mama alligator right here somewhere. Uh-huh. And she's not going to be real happy if I get too close to her chilling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so I, uh, and sure enough, I went back, you know, as you mow the lawn, you, 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 you get a step or two away from the edge of the, of the lake. And as I'm, you know, mowing, going back on the next lap, I see a couple of eyes, big eyes sticking out of the water a few feet from her chilling. And I was like, yeah, okay. Let me, you know, keep on, keep on moving here. But, uh, and then my handyman a couple of days later saw there were five. He counted five. Gee. Yeah. Um, and that was basically the end of the sightings. We haven't seen any of the, uh, the young ones since then. So I don't know okay. what's going on. Yeah, uh, all right. Daddy may have come back around. Daddies have been known to eat youngins. Yeah, there's all that, and and I suspect also um, that there's. I I never saw any evidence of a nest in my uh, uh, in my water, so I don't know what, where, when, all these kinds of things. It could have been they were on a field trip, and I haven't even seen the big alligator in a few days, so I don't know what all that means. Well, right. their their nests should be up on dry land well and there's no dry land here <laughs> so yeah be, be a pile of mud yeah there's none of that the here. eggs buried in there yeah so i don't know you're uh, david's right maybe they were visiting i don't know anyways all right well field congratulations field uh cigars all around and uh yeah um, um look out you know be careful out there okay i don't know i don't you could have a future shoe store there well there's that and, and i just don't want y'all to ever have a reason to call me lefty <laughs> okay okay uh, I that remark david we uh david you put this story on the list uh, this is a weird story about a guy who managed to generate a whole bunch of air traffic over his house I, i'm just bare, now beginning to get the the gist of this story do you remember the story i'm talking about here oh yeah what what happened here what's going on <laughs> So the guy just somewhere along the line, the guy notices a whole lot of airplanes over his house and and realized why. Well, this uh, this airport neighbor and he lives a, a few miles away from the airport, but he put up a uh, almost uh, arty like sunshield in his backyard. 
and it became a VFR checkpoint for a lot of pilots going into the nearby airport. Ah, okay. And now this guy's got them, and they're just going by just to just to fly over it. They're not even headed to the airport. Oh, that's and, getting a little bit dicey, but yeah, okay. Yeah, it's uh, kind of turned into. Uh, well, in his mind, a little bit of harassment. Uh, his patented the the, the uh, air traffic is attracted to this patented lattice use of this guy building models of molecules. Yeah, and you can see it from the air. I mean, big time. So uh, the. Uh, the guy's not real happy about having his house as a VFR checkpoint and turnpoint, uh, but they haven't been able to do anything because nobody's actually violating any FARs. Uh, although you could make an argument that becoming a common nuisance doesn't have to violate a FAR for it to be unattractive, unfriendly, and not exactly giving GA the best exposure that we could use yeah okay so this is a guy named uh sam lanahan and he's in apparently somewhere in or near vancouver washington and uh uh okay so so he made his house look so distinctive and attractive that it's become not only an uh, not only a visual uh turn uh you know waypoint but but an, an attraction let's go check out the uh lattice let's go check out the sculpture uh trying to think turns about a moose comes to mind but that's yes a whole there's all that story. well i just got finished doing this article i, I mentioned a moment ago on uh, flying defensively in the en route environment and one of the things you're out of the traffic pattern you're away from an airport but that doesn't mean that there aren't concentrations of traffic as various places you go i call them choke choke points in the mm-hmm. article and da-dum, here's a choke point folks yeah yeah, cool. Um, uh, let's see now. David put this on the list, but I think Jeb, you alluded to it last episode Uh-oh. about uh, uh, business aviation recovering and uh, having some good uh, economic periods. Well, is this the same story, or it, it's there's a story out there. This is just one chapter of it, um, I think, with respect to business aviation's recovery in in the pandemic. It. Uh, as this graph shows, this is from FlightAware, by the way, um, which is the uh, the aircraft tracking uh, site that we all know and love, been using for years, um, and showing uh, 2020 versus 2019 traffic levels uh, on this line graph, and, and it's basically, um, I, I guess there's a data hit for each day so far this year through June 16, and it's it's uh, Shows obviously a precipitous drop in uh, uh, starting in, in early March and continuing through the end of March. Uh, lowest point was probably around uh, uh, April 12, thereabouts. Um, and it's been slowly, slowly ramping up um, ever since then. Uh, not quite back to 2019 levels. But it it is starting to at least some of the lines are starting to overlap. Um, none of that is is official data in, in the sense of right. uh, fuel sales and uh, what the FAA considers to be activity levels. 
Uh, but it is, it is ADSB data, for example. It is, uh, you know, the data that FlightAware has, uh, and it is encouraging. Uh, but it also is pretty much tracks with, uh, what we've, what I've seen, uh, what we're hearing from the field. And, and, you know, after an initial doldrum of, you know, a month or so, uh, beginning in early March, um, there's been a slow, steady, Build of of demand for for business aviation. The other thing um, that is not clear from this data, and, and it may be clearer if I were to peel the onion, but it's not clear as to whether or not this is all uh, Part ninety one business and corporate ops. Mm-hmm. If this is includes Part one thirty five on demand charters, um, what is the underlying data uh, for right. for, the, for these charts? And again, you know, I, I'm sure the inf- that information is available. I just don't have it right now. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully. Well. Anyways, it's, it's well. One, I mean, you know, it's a, if if you still have to travel. And right. that's, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more about why you still have to travel because in my, at least in my little world, there's nothing open right. uh, or, or the, the, um, how should I put it? The, uh, requirements to access whatever it is you want to access, uh, the requirements are too onerous, uh, whether they involve, um, uh, self quarantines after you arrive, things like that, or testing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm not that anxious to travel somewhere right now. Right. Um, well, so I don't know what the data is. Yeah. David, the, go ahead. The uh, complications on this uh, are, are pretty profound. I mean, there are cities and states here in the, in the country where if you come in from out of out of their area you're subject to a 14-day quarantine uh-huh. when you get there uh, which doesn't exactly make that an attractive place to go unless you really absolutely positively have to be there for something like you're coming home and that's where you live and you're going to stay for a while that's understandable but it's kind of put a kibosh on the idea of a bounce trip oh, i'm going to fly into uh, uh I'm going to fly into Teterboro today and then fly back. No, you're not. Right. Yeah. Uh, you can go there, but you're going to have to hang around for a while. Yeah. 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 Well, my favorite example uh, has been Key West. Um, Monroe County, the county of the Florida county that ha- that um, I guess Key West is the seat actually. Um, early on, had a don't come here policy. You, I don't know if they had. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, for for ground transportation, you have to take the causeway um, down. I guess A one A or whatever it is um, to get to Key West, and, and yeah, US one, whatever it is. Um, and they had like sheriff and, and people at the county line saying, if you don't have business here, if you, if you have a rental property and you, you need to show us the address and we need to look it up and things like that, if you don't live here, if you don't have property here, if you don't have some business reason to be here, we don't want you here. Turn around yep. and go back. No, it's- And they did basically the same thing at the FBO, the signature FBO there at Key West International. I don't know what they were doing for, for scheduled uh, airline operations. They might not have been any. Or it might have been the same kind of, what are you doing here? And you need to get back out of here on the next plane. Or, or there's a rental car, get your butt north. Um, 
I don't know. But they, they anyway, the punchline is they stopped all that about a month ago. And I hear in recent days they've reinstituted. Yeah, right. They've shut back down. Yeah. Um, so, Fine. yeah. So, Jack, we, we've been talking about you know, what Dave and I have been doing. What have you been doing? I'm just hanging out here doing the... Uh, Doing the uh, pandemic tango, huh? the pandemic uh, shuffle. Yeah, uh, 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 it's it's really fallen into a routine. I mean, it's certainly not like my old routine, but uh, I, I was alluding earlier to the fact that I'm just kind of, you know, b- building a plan and devising a lifestyle that'll get me through to the first of the year, um, he- hopefully healthy and uh, and uh, you know. But uh, so I'm kind of having a. But on another on another level, I'm having a good time experimenting with all kinds of things. Um, so one of the things I'm working on these days is I'm trying to actually set up a workshop of my own. Because I live in an apartment now in Dover, I don't no longer have access to the kind of garage shed shop space that I had at Lookout Point. Um, and uh, and my makerspace is closed for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any place where I can kind of go do that kind of stuff. And so I've kind of decided if we're in this for a little bit of a, of a duration, I might try and find a space where I can actually set up a, a workbench and, and drag one of my motorcycles over or something like that and, and work on that. Uh, David, I had a question for you. I know that you do, you're building your airplane out of what I've always pictured as being a storage unit, but is that what it is? Is is that yeah. basically a unit in one of these generic storage yep. vill- villages? But now, what do you do about power? Does it have power? Yeah, it's got so electricity. You, see, I've never seen one that had power. I'll have to do a little more research. Anyways, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I, I mentioned, uh, I think, on the last episode or the one before about how I was going to be participating in the online um, Apple Developers Conference, um, and I did that last week. That was that was actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I really hunkered down for uh, a week and geeked out with a bunch of other uh, uh, Apple and developer I'm, friends. I'm shocked by that. Yeah, and uh, um, and I'm do- and I'm just you know I'm doing more and more programming. I've always been a programmer off and on. Um, I've occasionally made my living as a programmer, and uh, uh, you know doing that. A because it's fun. B because uh, it's a potential income source. And and in general, it's one of these things. That I'm big on exercising my mind. As I as I get on in years, I'm a big believer in staying active mentally. And so this is a good one. So I'm doing a lot of programming, uh, playing around with that, uh, continuing to do the motion graphics studying and the Italian language studying. Um, and and in a big big milestone, um, I about a week ago ate in a restaurant for the first mm-hmm. time since March. <laughs> and uh, that was a thing. So, you ate uh, inside a restaurant? No, 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 no! I'm not going inside. No, no, I, I ate in the uh, the outside sidewalk cafe ah, okay. of a restaurant. Um, what did you have? Uh, breakfast. I, I I desperately miss. I love breakfast. Breakfast is my favorite meal of the day, and uh, um, I and there's a diner in town that I I you know back in the old days I would go to you know almost every week. One morning I'd go and have breakfast, and and like all restaurants they you know basically completely closed down. Um, I've been buying takeout food from them throughout the duration throughout the pandemic. Um, and and they like most restaurants in the area. They opened for outside seating about um, a little over a month ago, um, and and I wasn't sure I was ready for that, but I finally did. And I had a whole plan. I've got a whole whole sanitation plan that I implemented and, and executed in order to go and have breakfast, in order to go have scrambled eggs. So uh, you know they they, they sell eggs uh, at the grocery store. If you're living in an urban area, you likely can have them delivered. 
I do that too. All right, I cook for myself here, um, but uh, I wanted to go to my diner and sit down and have breakfast, and uh, and I did. That was kind of fun. So I'm just keeping busy. Things are good. Things are good. Uh, talking with all my fr- my f- work. I was going to say former work friends. They're still my friends. It's former work is what it is. And uh, uh, you know we're all kind of hunkering down. The freelancing world, which is what we are part of, is just devastated now. Um, I can only imagine what it's like in places like Los Angeles and and uh, um, you know which is largely a freelance kind of operation. Las Vegas to a certain extent too. Um, all these folks that are just on the street. Anyways. I'm okay. Hopefully they're not on the street. But What's that? I said, hopefully they're not on the street. Well, yeah, I know. But uh, we're all trying to invent other ways to earn a living that's yeah. some, you know, somehow related to, to uh, what we used to do and waiting for things to come back. You know, first of the year, next spring, something like that. We'll see. Anyways, I'm keeping busy. There's a I'm guy on busy. Twitter that rates Skype rooms. You could get into the business of redesigning Skype rooms. Re- oh, you mean oh, you mean the room that people see in the background? Exactly. And, uh, exactly. When, when the background Skype yeah. video call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Your Zoom room. Your Zoom yeah, room. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's really. I, I, as maybe this is what you're alluding to. There's a guy who uh, 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 runs a Twitter stream called Room Raider. I think is what it is. And basically, he he critiques. Yeah. Know, he takes a snapshot of people's yeah. rooms and critiques them. And so it's kind of entertaining because he takes it only half seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, he kind of goofs around with it a little bit. Um, but uh, anyways, that's me. That's me. Uh, David, uh, uh, it's never too late to learn how to fly. It's not. It's not. Uh, the uh, the guy that walked away from the uh, Thatcher crash, he was 80. And, uh, but he hadn't just started flying. Uh, somewhere here, I've got a, Where did I put it? Oh, yeah, there we are. This is a gentleman up in, uh, up in Michigan who's recently started flying, and he's a, a former singer in Vegas, Gino Federici. And for 22 years, he was a singer in Las Vegas. Now 80 years old. He be, his new purpose in life is to become a flight instructor. Oh, I didn't realize that part. I thought he was just learning how to go putting around the neighborhood. He wants to be a CFI, huh? Okay, good for him. A CFI. Good for him. Okay. And he's work, working on it. And uh, he said he's, at age 79, he wondered what he was going to do with the rest of his life. And uh thought instruction excites him. So he's got a GoFundMe site set up to help him pay for the uh, for the instruction that he needs to pass the CFI and uh, uh, move into the right seat and start passing on his knowledge to other people. And it struck me, you know, uh, I meet so many people my age and older whose life is basically, well, let's see, am I going to watch the soap opera today or the history channel? Uh, and they don't get out as much as they should, and they're not as active as they could be and should be. And here's a guy at 79 decides he's going to be a CFI, and at 80 he's working on it. He's uh, been been flying since 69, 
but to take on this new job, this new chore, and this new rating and skill, uh, it's not a walk in the park. No, no. Congratulations. Good for him. Good for him. And then what's the story here with this, uh, what is it, Women in Aviation uh, uh, event? I'm sorry, I scrolled to the wrong page here. Um, uh, Women in Aviation is doing a Girls in Aviation Day in September. Is this this an online thing or a a distance thing? What's the nature of this? Sounds like a great idea, whether they can do it, you know, in the context of our pandemic is is a question. But... uh, do you know anything more about it than uh, the story is well, if from? I get this to open for me. There we yeah. go. There we go. So it's from uh, the Women in Aviation, WAI.org website, Girls in Aviation Day. Go ahead, David. Well, it's, I think it's going to be kind of a combination. Uh, there'll be some in-person events. There'll be some virtual events. Uh, you can find out more about it at the uh, Women in Aviation website for it. Uh and uh, this is the sixth year that they've done this. It started back when uh, Dr. Peggy was still the head of uh, Women in Aviation International. Uh, this year they're doing it on September 26th. Uh, they will, based on past uh, years' experience, uh, attract thousands of girls age 8 to 17 around the world that will be able to participate through a uh, Aviation for Girls app. And you can find out all about it at the link that we'll have, wai.org slash G-I-A-D, Golf India Alpha Delta. Uh, Look it up there. Get the uh, young ladies in your uh, life and household that are interested in aviation. Get the app. Get them to download the app and prepare to uh, spend a day immersed in career opportunities and instructional ideas and social media connections and anything that you uh, could possibly need to for a young woman to advance her aviation amp, uh, mm-hmm. ambitions. Excellent. Excellent. Wish them luck with that. That's great. I mean, they've been doing great things with it in the past. I, I wish them luck in the being able to pull it off this year part of it. Um, excellent. Well, thank you, guys. Um, it's always been a blast. I appreciate it getting together with you. And uh, uh, it's uh, Jeb Burnside and uh, Dave Higdon, and I'm Jack Hodgson. David, was there something you wanted to tell us? The key to long life. Wear a mask and go fly. Because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Going without a mask might subtract from your lifespan. Think about it. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. And remember, when you're out flying, if you're out you know, trying to set a record or something like that, you can only ever tie the record for low flying. <laughs> Sage advice. <laughs>